You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Nick Wright will join us on loan from Fox Sports First Things First. Coming up, more phone calls as well. We ended last hour with uh, the saddest song that's in our life. Now, there was a, a survey done in England, 2,000 adults, and they had some of their saddest songs of all time. People want to uh, give us their saddest songs of all time. Like Barry in Long Island. Barry, who is, uh, I think, 65 and single. And uh, I don't know what could be sad in your life, Barry. First of all, it's 61. Oh, okay. okay. Second, secondly, uh, I will soon be Barry from Santa Fe. So everything is beautiful. Okay. However, ironically, ironically, the most sad song ever is Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. The guy's father dies. The guy's mother dies. He uh, climbs up a nearby tower only to almost throw himself off. That's a bummer, man. <laughs> well, thank you, Barry. And good luck in Santa Fe. Uh, what, what was Barry's philosophy on life, Seton? I do what I want, when I want, if I want. Something like that. With whoever yeah, I want. Who I want. Yeah, yeah something. It's yeah. everything is whenever I want. If I want, I do what I want when I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, Don in Vegas. Hey, Don, what's on your mind today? Uh, first time caller, uh, six foot, 175. And then uh, I was, uh, saddest song ever is 8th of November by Big and Rich. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not uh, not familiar with that. Paul, are you uh, you familiar? I know Big and Rich real well. They're yeah. popular, but I don't know that song specifically. Okay. Uh, Craig in Washington. Hi, Craig. What's on your mind? Hey, DB. Hey. Got a sad song, I think, uh, Kansas, Dust in the Wind. Mm-hmm. And the second comment, co- comment I had was uh, when you guys were off on vacation, I listened to uh, Jim Gray uh, talking to goats. I thought it was phenomenal. Didn't know much about Jim Gray, and if anybody gets a chance, I think that's just an excellent. Uh, I didn't read it; I listened to it on Audible. Yeah, perfect. And one last thing is suck up front row. Thanks, Dan. Uh, all right, well, thank you, Craig. <laughs> yes, Paul. Dust in the Wind is no longer a sad song after Will Ferrell covered it in old school during Blues funeral scene. Yeah, every time I hear it, <laughs> I can't help but laugh. Yes, Eaton. Somebody just tweeted in. This is a pretty good one too. Uh, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's a sad song. I don't know if it's intentionally sad, but that is a sad song. I don't remember feeling any way about it. It's a sad song. Listen to it while you're driving for a long time alone in your car for a while. I bet you start crying. <laughs> is that Judy Garland? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, Tom. It's birds fly over the rainbow. Why then? Why can't she? She wants to know like, why everyone's able to accomplish these things and do things that they probably take for granted, and there she is just sitting there on the ground. American Pie, uh, Day the Music Died, Don McLean. It's too happy. Too upbeat. Yeah, it's way too upbeat to be a sad song. Oh. Okay. Did you write the book of love and did you have faith in God? Like, yeah, it's a very peppy plane yeah. crash song. Very peppy for a plane crash song. <laughs> Super upbeat plane, plane crash, crash song. song should be morose. So of all of the Buddy Holly dying songs, that, right. that's a little too cheery? It's the saddest most upbeat one. 
They, don't, they didn't have a category for that with the survey here. What's the, what's the most upbeat, sad song ever? Songs about death that rock. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Volume two. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. We should do that. Well, Stairway to Heaven. Yes. That kicks ass. Stairway. It does. It starts off where you're slow dancing, and then all of a sudden it kicks up. And then, you know, you're, you're buying the Stairway to Heaven. I don't know if anybody gets emotional listening to that, but that is Freebird. Is that a sad song, too? Yeah, Paul? Fade to Black by Metallica is about death, but that song is awesome. Hmm. Everyone likes that. Okay. Uh, Reggie in Mississippi. Hey, Reg, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, 6-1, um, 2 hundy. Yeah. Um, Mick Marvin's song uh, by Stevie Wonder, that's an extremely sad song. Um, I, I remember hearing that song um, from uh, Tupac and Janet Jackson's uh, Poetics Justice back in 93. So, yeah, that's a sad song. But mine would be Eminem's Stan. That's extremely disturbing and sad. Uh, you remember that scene? <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Reggie. Reggie, getting uh, a little deep there. <laughs> and... McMarvin song. Seaton, you're uh, you're a big Eminem fan, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't put myself in the fandom category. Okay. No. Oh no, no, no. Slim Shady, that's not that's not my guy. But I have tons of respect for what he's done. But I'm not necessarily a fan. Okay, I, I I've heard Stan, but I don't know. I don't remember Stan. Well, that's how like now when people are like standing you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that guy's a Stan for whoever. It's based off of that song. What's that mean? Like internet lingo like what's stan stand for uh like uh like so you like obsessed with somebody else or like just like a unrelenting in a creepy way supporter oh uh sean in oregon hey sean what's on your mind i got a sad song for you and it's a good song it's by the king it's called in the ghetto oh and his mama cried <laughs> yes that's a good one that used to be my, my karaoke go-to. When we went to uh, Dimples in Burbank. You brought the house down. Well, I don't know about that. I remember. But, uh, yeah, got up there. And, and uh, we had to get there early because we had to be up early the next morning. And uh, I think Dimples, we got there around 7 o'clock or something. And uh, did a little, little Elvis. And his mama cried. Yeah, Paul. I have the cassette of you singing, and uh, someday I'll do a deep dive in my mm, office yes. and find the cassette of you singing because the, the owner, Sal, gave me the cassette years ago, and I have it in a box. Okay, but who was there that night? Famous? Yes. I thought there was Paris Hilton. No, we were there once when Kiefer Sutherland sang. I remember that. He was there. He, he was in his cups, and he got up and sang a little bit. Yeah. Um, Kato Kalin, our buddy. He was yeah. there that was night. He? Yeah. Our buddy Cato Kalen. Yeah, I don't remember. He was there. Yeah. Um, Dennis Haskins. Oh, Dennis Haskins. Mr. Belding. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he was, was a, always there. Yeah, he was fun to hang with. Yeah, always there. Those are the three that I remember. Yeah. Yes, Tom. The Saved by the Bell principal just hangs out Yes. There? That's he, pretty wild. Yes, he loved his karaoke. <laughs> How about knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door? Well, Bob Dylan? Anybody? All right. Uh, Jason in Florida. Hi, Jason. What's on your mind? Hey, DP, I got a great one for you guys, man. Out of the box, Metallica 1, about a guy who comes home from war, has lost all his limbs, just laying in a bed, can't move. It's a great song, but also depressing if you hear the lyrics. But Metallica 1, that's got to be up there. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with that. 
Yes, it's a banger. Oh, it is? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Todd? Garth Brooks has a song, just the title alone, If Tomorrow Never Comes, is very upsetting. And he's kind of looking at his wife while she's sleeping, and he's wondering, if has he told her enough how much he loves her and feels about her? What if for some reason she doesn't wake up or he dies or whatever? Has he uh, made sure she knew how much he uh, felt about her? I still, I, I, I think R.E.M. won that contest, the uh, survey, Everybody Hurts. And, and I think, and I, I, I could be completely wrong about it, but it had to do with, um, you know, teenagers feeling bad and, uh, you know, that everybody hurts, you know, that um, maybe talking about suicide or, you know, trying to explain that, hey, everybody hurts. You, know, I saw them perform it in Atlanta and it was really moving when I saw them uh, because it Michael Stipe really, when he starts to sing it, you know, I mean, there's no other voice like that. And it just, it, it has that, I've been in your shoes before feeling with uh, Michael Stipe, lead singer. Yeah, Paul. But that's one of those songs. It kind of ends up, it ramps up that, uh, that REM song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see. Well, because like ultimately the message of it, right, is to challenge everybody to hold on, yeah. right, and that you're not alone. Yeah. If you remember, too, the video for that was really powerful because it was like it started out. I remember there was all of these people sitting in their cars in traffic. Yeah. And like just the symbolism of while well, you think you're alone in your car, we're actually all in this together kind of thing mm-hmm. was just really powerful. Mm. OK, Joe in California. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind? Done. Hey, Joe. Hey, um, uh, when Mickey Mantle was dying of cancer, he, he, knew, he knew he was going to die, and he, he was friends with Roy Clark, and he asked Roy Clark to play at his funeral yesterday when I was young. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Joe. I don't remember that. Uh, actor Josh Dumel is on the, uh, the phone. Do you, uh, do you have a sad song, Josh? I do. I do, Dan. Uh, Tim McGraw. Don't take the girl. Johnny's daddy was taking him fishing when he was eight years old. You remember that one? Uh, I think I I think I remember it. I'm 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 trying to figure it out by listening to you sing it. But um, that's don't take the girl. <laughs> it's just, really sad. Just, I mean, it, I literally listened to it a couple weeks ago, and I got a little tear in my eye. I'm going to guess that's what a lot of guys said to you. Don't take the girl away from them. And you did. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's go, let's go with that story. Um, are you, So you're engaged now, right? So you took the girl. I am engaged. That's, I took the girl. That's awesome. And, uh, and had, when are you getting married? I'm not telling you that. You're invited, though. Well, you got to tell me <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're getting married. I, I got to make plans. You'll get a special invite, Dan. Okay. Okay. You and the Danettes. Oh, okay. A group effort. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we getting married in North Dakota? I can't tell you that, Dan. You're going to have to wait to get the invite. All right. Will I need a passport to go? No. Okay. Good. No, you won't. All right. You might need some mosquito repellent, though. Oh, it's North Dakota. Here we come. I love it. Uh, you got a new show out, don't you, coming up? I do. You know, I didn't. Even, I wasn't even calling for that reason, but Fritzy said, "Hey, congratulations on the new show." I was like, "Oh yeah, that comes out tonight." Oh. Timing's perfect. Oh, 
And I'm also I'm also going to be part of the uh, the March Madness uh, tournament brackets. I hear the celebrity bracket challenge. Yeah, who you got this year? Who's your final four? I I don't know yet. I got to do I got to do some research. I got to do some homework. I I like yeah. Gonzaga a lot. I think Gonzaga is the best team. They might be better than last year, but. Um, yeah, I got to figure. I got to figure this out here soon. Do you, do you watch much college basketball? I until this time of the year. This time of the year, yes, yes, I do. I I start. I love championship week, but last week is when it felt like I did a little bit deeper dive into this. Um, and you know, watching North Carolina beat Duke. How good is Duke? Are they going to be a three seed now? You know, so I got to. I think. I, gotta, I think. I think Shashevsky is going to use that. I think they're going to go deep. They might make the Final Four, might even win it. I think they were really, really pissed off at themselves for not winning that basketball game. Well, they should be. They nearly gave up 100 points at home. I mean, that's about as embarrassing as it gets. By the way, it's Josh Dumel. The new show is The Thing About Pam. And you didn't even ask for a plug. It's on Peacock. Who is Pam, by the way? Pam Hupp is a woman from uh, Troy, Missouri. The whole thing came from a, a Dateline special that went on to have this really popular podcast afterwards. The story itself is, is one of those that you wouldn't even believe if it weren't true. It's, it's just crazy what happened. Um, and Renee Zellweger plays Pam Hop and does an amazing job. It's, you know, it's very dark subject matter, but it, the show is actually kind of darkly funny. It's got that quirky sort of fargo feel, I think. Oh, good. Um, and she, she kills it. Wait, Literally? Literally killed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Dateline, and always somebody ends up dying in Dateline. Yep. Yes, they do. <laughs> I, 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 watched, I got to meet. I got to meet Keith Morrison, by the way, the other night. And what'd you One think? What'd you think? Oh, um, he's just like, hello, Josh. <laughs> Fritzy does a pretty good impersonation of uh, Keith Morrison. Remember the old lady living on the park bench? She was just sitting there minding her business. Or was she? She certainly had a lot of information for the Dade County Police Department. You got, you got to slow it way down, Fritzy. Yeah, Todd can't slow it down. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, hey, hey, I just wanted to call and say hello to my boys. Hey, congrats on everything. Like- and, uh, and then we look forward to the wedding invitation. Right. I think I got Purdue. Kentucky, Duke, and UCLA in my Final Four. I All think. Right. I think. Okay. Don't hold me that. All right. I got to go. All right. You All right. Maniac, okay. Later. All right. That's Josh Umell. Got engaged. I think he, he got engaged to, like, uh, Miss America or somebody. <laughs> you know, that guy needed a break in life. Yeah. Yeah. Glad he finally got it. I think when you win Miss America, it's automatic. You have to get engaged <laughs> to Josh Umell. It's part of the prize package. <laughs> <laughs> and your Corvette. And here's Josh Dumel. Yeah, a date with Josh Dumel. Yeah. Although I brought it up to my wife. I said, uh, oh, I saw a picture of Josh Dumel. He's starting to look a little older. And she goes, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I went, what? She goes, no, I, I, no, I don't. I don't well, I, you know, maybe he's getting older, but uh, he still looks good. I go, I, seriously? Seriously? That's what I have to deal with sometimes. That and Clive Owens. I, you know, I don't get that. Oh, that's one of her favorites? Yeah, my wife. Yeah. And and I go, Clive Owen? Well, he's ruggedly handsome, which is even worse yeah. than being pretty boy. Yeah, no. 
Well, she got neither with me. Nick Wright, the popular Nick Wright. Always great to talk to him. He'll join us coming up next. And uh, more phone calls as well. It's 17 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Callaway's done it again. Love their products. They're a partner, but I was playing their products before they became one of our uh, sponsors. The Try Hot 5K from Odyssey. They've done it again with their putters. And when you think of putting, you think Odyssey. And, uh, you know, they have a classic blade, oversized models, double wide, triple wide. Each one comes with the legendary white hot insert. Yep. Most popular insert ever. Back with the original feel, sound, and performance. With the Odyssey TriHeart 5K, the days of sacrificing performance to play a blade are over because it's truly a blade unlike any other. And you can see the TriHot 5K lineup at odysseygolf.com. Odyssey came before everybody else. They've been engineering using multi-material construction, dramatically increasing forgiveness. They have something called MOI. At 5,000 MOI, that's where the 5K comes from in the TriHot 5K. Forgiveness that you would expect from a mallet now delivered in a blade. You can check out the whole lineup at odysseygolf.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The strongest field of the PGA Tour tees off one of the purest golf courses in the world, TPC Sawgrass, who will have the uh, defining moment. The players Saturday at 1 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to... Sign up. Yes, Paul. Is that the course, Is the little par 317 island? Yeah. Have you ever played that one? Yes. Is it mental? Yes. How would you and just, physical. It, it's, it's less than 150 yards, right? Probably. Um, Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. These guys hit wedges. It's just you, 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 you can't help but notice it. You're coming up to 16, and it's a par 5, and you just look over. You're on the green on 16, and you just see that green, the island green there. And it's in your head as you walk over to 17. And uh, I hit a nine iron into the water. Yes, I did. And then I said, I, look, I'm not going to play this course again anytime soon. And uh, re-teed and then put it on the green. But and acted as if the first ball going into the water didn't, uh, didn't happen. But yeah, mentally, because these guys give them a wedge, they can make magic. But on that hole, it, you start to think too much. Nick Wright, first things first, co-host on Fox Sports 1, uh, joining us on the program. Good to see you, Nick. Hey, How are you? You played Augusta, Dan? Yes, I did. So why don't you just – is it faster to just figure out the courses you haven't played? Um, there's a lot of courses I haven't played. I've been St. Fortunate. Andrews? Yeah, I played that. Okay. Um, Pebble Beach? Yes, Okay, yeah, so maybe it is faster to go with the ones you haven't played. Maybe some in Dubai or something. Uh, Cyprus. Cyprus is a really difficult golf course to get on. Did you play at the one in Detroit that just burnt down? No, Oakmont, I didn't. Oakmont, I think it is? Uh, Oakmont is in Pennsylvania, I think. Okay, well, then the, There's one, the Oak, famous one in Detroit. Oak Hills? Burned, burned down. I, I think know. Oak Hills, I think that's it. Oh, okay. Do you play golf? Right. Uh, you know, I... No, I want to. And I said that this summer I was going to dedicate like that was going to be my leisure thing is to be able to be. I just want to break 90 so I can win people such as yourself invite me out. Not that you ever would. I can say yes. Right now, I can't say yes because I'm not good enough. But 
I just found out last week that I'm basically a professional fisherman, deep sea variety. So I think that's what I'm going to do this summer instead, deep sea fishing. I would like to uh, invite you to play golf with me. See, this you, summer. see you, you did that because you knew I just said I'm not good enough. All right, once I get good enough, I'm playing. Okay, you break to, 90. To, you break 90. How's yeah. that? Deal. It's okay. a goal. Thank you, Dan. How about we do surf and turf, golf and fishing? Oh, oh deal. I'll teach you how to fish because you don't look like a fisherman. Um, well, your hands are too soft. I'm a, too much life of luxury. I'm an angler, and I am actually a fly fisherman. That doesn't seem fun. That just seems like an excuse to drink. No, 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 no. If you go deep sea fishing, that's when you drink. When you go fly fishing, you have to work every single cast. You got to work. You got to work. No, it's competition. But how big are the fish? They go, it's like this big hmm. for radio listeners. I'm, I'm making a small. <laughs> small no, no, you can catch some pretty good fish. Uh, okay. And on All a right. fly rod, it feels bigger. So, oh, does it? Yes, it does. Oh, okay. Just, right. just, Good to know. just, just letting you know here. Uh, okay. Hi. First reaction to the Calvin Ridley story was. Well, listen, obviously he has to be in trouble. And it, it, I, well, I had a number of reactions as a gambler. I'd like to see the Venn diagram of people that have uttered these words. I don't have a gambling problem and people that actually have a gambling problem because that that did concern me. But when I saw what the bets were, a three, five and eight team parlay, I'm like, OK, so this guy's not like a gambler. He hey, was just. Nick, can you hold on for a sec? Yeah, I got breaking news. We have the results of the Aaron Rodgers story. Oh, OK. So Paulie knows we don't know now. Does he stay in Green Bay or does he go? And if he goes, where does he go? He's staying. Okay. If I'm wrong and he's going, it's Pittsburgh. Okay. I've said all along, if he left, it was going to be Denver. And I thought the longer this went on, he was going to leave. Paulie, give us the information here. Aaron Rodgers is? According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, the Packers and MVP Aaron Rodgers have agreed in terms of on a four-year, $200 million deal that makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history, sources say. Wow. He gets a whopping $153 million guaranteed, and his cap number actually goes down. Four this years, $200 million. Wow. <laughs> such a joke. The whole thing. Why is it I a mean, joke? Get, because it, was, it, it really was always... It, the whole thing was about money. This whole dance... And I'm going to go host Jeopardy and I'm going to and I'm going to I'm on a self-actualization and the pen and they, they got rid of Kumaru and they don't respect me. And I, you know, and I miss Alan Lazard over the middle. So I lose to Jimmy Garoppolo at home scoring seven points. The whole thing was so he can be he can make 50 million. That's the whole thing. We've gone through all this nonsense. Oh, I want to live in Denver. I want to go to the Titans. It's so all so he can make 50 million. Give me a break. Like, and by the way, the, this is what I don't understand. And I'm, and I'm all for athletes making a ton of money. I don't think athletes are overpaid, but I do think in a hard cap sport that this is, you have to do this math. I would have thought that if a genie went to Aaron Rodgers 18 months ago and said, will you, will you take $10 million out of your bank account and I will change the result 
of that Seattle NFC Championship game where you guys botched the onside kick. You go to that Super Bowl, you beat Tom Brady, you have two rings. $10 million for that. I think he would have said yes. He's now telling me no. In fact, I will make it harder to win the next one because the team's going to be worse. And, and then when they're not as good and he's not as good in the playoffs as he is in the regular season, again, what we're going to hear is, ah, I don't have enough talent around me. I need more help. But you $50 million? million okay what else do you have paulie a little more from ian rapaport according to uh his sources rogers was down to retirement the packers or the broncos before the decision was made okay no offense broncos i feel bad for the broncos because they geared up for this and uh well he'll have some things to say i'm sure on pat mcafee's show later today but I know when Von Miller left, they wanted to make sure they got a second-round pick. They were going to load up those picks to go to Green Bay. Yes, Eaton. He doesn't know. Sorry to interrupt, but according to Pat no. McAfee, news of the four-year, according to Pat McAfee's sources, who knows what they could be, <laughs> news of a four-year $200 million deal is not accurate. Oh, okay. So I guess this story's not over. Uh, is he staying? Is that accurate? That's all I care about. Yes, he is staying with the Packers. I don't care about the money. Cap-friendly deal. Yeah, and I'm going to guess his source is Rodgers. So. Oh. <laughs> First of all, how does Mac... Listen, McAfee's done a great job. There's no shade. But how does McAfee not break this? I Dan, thought he was going to. if you were signing a new deal and Paulie doesn't break it, bad <laughs> job, Paulie. Yeah. Like, that is like, what in the world? Or it, Okay, this is, this is just so maddening. The whole thing. And listen, we're, you and I are both in the money and attention business. I get it. I like attention. I like money. I, I'm not. I, so I feel like it's a little glass houses thing I'm doing here. But the, the whole thing feels fraudulent. The whole thing feels like he was squeezing them for dollars. That he wasn't going to Denver. He doesn't want to face Mahomes twice a year. The guy, best I can tell. He, he skipped this last Chiefs game out of fear of Mahomes. People said, hey, COVID reasons. I just think he didn't want Mahomes to crush him. Uh, you know what? We're in the rooting business. We root for change. We root for stories that we can talk about. And I think the media rooted for stories. They rooted for Tennessee. Oh, my God, Pittsburgh. Did you hear Mike Tomlin, what he said about Roger? Denver, it, it felt like that. Whereas staying in Green Bay... That doesn't, you know, that doesn't change much. It's like, okay, Aaron Rodgers stays there. Yes, correct. And I think the Tomlin thing would have been super interesting. And I think seeing him in the same division as Mahomes and Herbert would have been super interesting. I agree with that. We root for interesting and to be right. Yeah. Like, that's what we're, we root for. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other part of it is we, this wasn't out of whole cloth. He started this whole thing <laughs> on draft day last year. Well, that was Schefter. Schefter started this on draft day because that wasn't a story on draft day because it felt like that was imminent that he was going to be traded. And then asking Schefter about that on my show, I said, that, you didn't have any breaking news that day. And he said it was just a compilation of things. But it wasn't. My point is this wasn't a media creation. The frustration was real. The flirting with retirement, the, the, the thinking he yeah. can go host Jeopardy, yeah. all that was real. And then all of I'm the most interesting man in the world because I read one Ayn Rand book. <laughs> all that happened. And then and then the the bizarre Instagram post that's because he was on a a, 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 a bee pollen cleanse that happened. All of it happened. 
and and the end result is, oh, I was never leaving, but I got the most money any player's ever gotten. Good for you. He's Nick Wright, First Things First co-host on Fox Sports 1. The reason why I was going to have you on, the main reason was LeBron on uh, the shop coming out saying, hey, I get pissed off. Nobody ever talks about me as being a great scorer, one of the great scorers yeah. of all time. I view yeah. that as a compliment because, you know, Alex English and Adrian Dantley and Carmelo Anthony, those are great scorers. LeBron could be the greatest player of all time. So I didn't know if he was manufacturing something to say. Well, well let me ask you this. Do you, who do you think is a better, considered a better scorer, LeBron or Durant? Durant. But they average to the tenth of a point, the exact same amount of points per game for their career, and LeBron does it on a higher efficiency. Who do you think is a better scorer, LeBron or Kobe? Kobe is viewed as a better scorer. But LeBron averages more points on a better percentage and a better three-point percentage. So I think that's the frustration. Yeah, but Listen, his, Jordan, his, his game is so much more balanced than Durant's or Kobe's. That, it, that, but, I, I don't look at LeBron and say he's a scorer. I mean, he is a scorer. He's not a shooter. He's a scorer. But he's the, he's the best all-around player who's ever played the game. That's the better compliment to call you a scorer. Well, yes. And Kobe I, was know, a pure shooter. Durant's a far pure shooter. LeBron knows how to score. It's not always pretty, but he, Kobe and Durant got style points. It's the pretty and it's the style. Yes. It's that because so much of NBA analysis is not who's the most effective. It's who reminds me the most of Michael Jordan. And Jordan, while early in his career, was a high flyer. He, when he was winning championships, it was mid-range, it was jump shots, it was that kind of balletic scoring. And LeBron, it's one of the reasons why people almost like have discounted some of his buzzer beaters because they came, remember the one in the playoffs against the Pacers, came on a layup. He had a buzzer beating layup. And so like, like well, that doesn't really count. Well, it does, it literally counts. And it's the, because it is not scoring the way People are used to seeing people score, but I think you could argue like this is what's interesting. When we talk about the greatest scores in NBA history, people aren't, they'll list five names before mentioning one, two, and three in all time scoring Malone and LeBron. And so like, now I think you can argue, obviously Jordan was the best scorer ever because he just didn't play long enough, but he was 33 a game in the playoffs, 30 a game for his career. But other than Jordan, I think LeBron's got his case for anyone. But LeBron's got to create these little, you know, yes, ghosts to punch at. Yeah, and that's, that's what I thought he was doing. That, okay, this season is lost. Now I'm going to focus on passing Carl Malone. Maybe I can be, uh, you know, Herculean, and I can uh, we, we can do uh, surprise somebody in the playoffs, maybe. But uh, this just felt like it was another motivational tool. That's fair. Can I do? I know I'm only on with you like once a month, but can I? Can I start every time I'm on with you? Can we do one thing at the end? Okay. I don't know if we're near the end, but I would like to do it. Okay. Where I predict a future take that's coming, that's getting ready. It's in the hopper, not for me, not from you in this show, but a take that is going to be in the sports media, you know, ether. Okay. LeBron James is selfish for winning the scoring title. LeBron James winning the scoring title is actually not good. LeBron J if LeBron James was not as focused on winning the scoring title, maybe he would, you know, shut it down for the year. Maybe the Lakers would be better off. It is going to be a cudgel used against him 
Mark my words. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, Look, but you work on a network where you have somebody who looks at what is the negative LeBron James story. And if there isn't one, Skip Bayless creates it. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kevin Wilds. He works on my show. Wild, <laughs> son of a gun. Uh, yeah, listen, there you know, there needs to be balance in the universe, Dan. And so there's me, there's Skip. Have you ever but, called uh, out Skip Bayless for one of his I, takes? I was on. I I was sitting across the table from him uh, right before my hour show launched uh, the day game three of the finals in Cleveland, the first year the Warriors had Durant. When Durant hit the shot on LeBron to go up 3-0, yeah, we had a nice 15 minutes okay. back and forth. Okay, I, got, I, I landed a nice – I will say I was proud. I landed, I landed a pretty nice nice one because we that, that then turned into a discussion about the championship with Cleveland the year before, and I was told uh, Kyrie Irving hit the game-winning shot. And I said, uh, no, no, Kyrie Irving didn't win the game. Going up by three – in the finals doesn't win you the game. You know, I would have thought Ray Allen taught everybody that. Going up by three. Because this is what people forget. Game seven against the Warriors, the clinching points were made by one LeBron, Raymond James. Right after Draymond Green uh, brutalized him, I thought he broke his wrist. He Wolverined it back, and he heroically made a free throw. That's what won the game. Going up four wins you the game. Going up three is nice. Four wins you the game. History will remember. All right, so we're predicting hot takes. I like it. No, I didn't say hot takes. It's just going to be in the ether. It's going to be out there. Who said it's a hot take? But you know what? I think just like Russell Westbrook thinks West Brick has turned into not a slur, but something very pejorative. I think hot take is pejorative. People are like, oh, I, I always have these writers. They they send these little tweets. They're like, oh, these hot take artists on television. Like, first of all, artist correct. Second of all, take correct. Third of all, what you what you, you has anyone ever been like, hey? Give me some lukewarm soup. No, you want some hot soup. Things that are hot are supposed to be good. They're more delicious. They, they're more attractive. Yeah. So I, 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 you know what? That's what I'm doing. I'm reclaiming the word. Hot take is a positive. Thank you, Nick. More of them, Dan. No problem. I'll talk to you later. Okay. That's uh, Nick Wright. First things first, co-host, Fox Sports 1. Fritzy, book Nick in a month from now. I got it. Okay. Just want to make sure. Have him back. Uh, maybe Nick co-host, maybe hosting this show. One day, but then he would have to not do his show on First Things First. You know, put that invitation out. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go golfing. And then maybe when I'm not here uh, a couple of days, Nick will call in sick at Fox. Nobody will ever know. And then he could do this show. Yes, Paul. Fishing seems, I mean, I've done both, but fishing is so much more relaxing than golfing. It's not even close, right? No one gets tense when they're fishing. Well, fishing, you just, it's an excuse to drink. Yeah. Golfing, you still have to actually golf. Fishing, you just kind of, if you go deep sea fishing, you just sit there. Fly fishing is work. But that deep sea fishing can be work if you get one of those yeah. big ones on the reel now. Yeah, you can. I mean, they have guys who will do that for you. I just love fish on. And then, you know, everybody has to pull their rod and reel out of the water there. Fish on. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone. I got more people want to tell me their saddest song of all time. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. In case you're just joining us, all that drama, all that speculation, all that talk, Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, reportedly signing a four-year deal worth over $200 million. You know the first person I thought of when I heard this story? Jordan Love, the quarterback, the backup quarterback in Green Bay, the backup quarterback for the next couple of years. Three years as a backup quarterback, and uh, I guess he'll continue to be the backup quarterback. If you're Jordan Love, do you say to the Packers, can you release me? Can you trade me? Could I get a shot at playing somewhere? But if I'm the Packers, I'm like, no, we want to keep you. You've been in the system, and we're going to keep you insurance for uh, Aaron Rodgers there. We've got this day in sports history. More phone calls coming up. The saddest song. There was a survey done in England. That's how we stumbled upon this. The saddest song ever. I think it was R.E.M.'s Everybody Hurts was the, uh, the winner there. Uh, I have a friend who uh, is a big USC fan. He says the saddest song is the UCLA fight song. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki will join us. Whoa. The circus is in town. <laughs> Dirk is going to join us tomorrow on the program. One great shooter to another. I'll still never forget when we were there in Dallas and I'm in a shooting contest. And uh, Dirk came in at their practice facility. He was, he was in no mood to joke around. And all of a sudden he saw me there. And uh, who am I shooting against? Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. We got a game of horse. And uh, Dirk, you know, the practice facility is down below, and there's this long staircase. And Dirk comes in, and he looks, and then he says the following. Hey, the circus is in town. (laughs) And then every time you guys kept going another round of shooting, he'd go, you just hear it out of the corner like because you're delaying practice i know i kept making shots so you know i was holding off avery johnson in this game and uh then i would hear the the bus is backing up Ah!" (laughs) he was great though john in south carolina hi john what's on your mind today Hey, Dan, five foot seven, a soft dad bod, 210. Soft. Listening since the days back with the nasty boy and uh, collecting all those bobbleheads. Uh, hoping you make it down for Monday after the Masters this year. But far and away, the saddest song is Terry Jack's Seasons in the Sun. Ooh. Hands down. Okay. Yeah. We had joy. We had fun. We had Seasons in the Sun. Thank you, John. Uh, Mike in Texas. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Hey, boys. Uh, yeah, the before-mentioned Renee Zellweger from beautiful Katy, Texas, 30 miles outside of Houston with Josh Demel. Uh The saddest song I thought, uh, well, one of them is Vincent by Don McClain. Um, pretty, pretty rough. Pretty rough about, you know, Vincent Van Gogh in the cornfield or wheat field. But uh, love the show, and thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Yeah, I think uh, he wrote that Don McClain's other song was Vincent. 
and I think that was about uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Like, you wouldn't think that. Like, you know, you're going to write about Vincent Van Gogh, but uh, I think that's what the song was about. Yes, Paul. That's a guy whose second best song of all time is is not even close. Like, it's not even in striking distance. Yeah. Uh, Doug in Syracuse. Hi, Doug. Daniel Swish Patrick. Thank you. Um, Kenny Rogers came out with a song right after he died called Goodbye, written by Lionel Richie. It's a very sad song. All right. I'll give that a, a spin. See, you kind of, kind of gear up for these sad songs. You, you just, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna go to Spotify and go give me saddest songs of all time here. You could though. I could, but I, I don't know. It seems like a downer of an afternoon. I'd rather hang out with Todd. <laughs> I'm not saying something. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Todd. Yeah. No offense. No offense. Yeah. You know, or or Todd sings the saddest songs of all time. Getting sad songs, they sing so much, so turn them on. That's kind of a happy song about sad songs, don't you think? That's Elton John. Yeah. Okay. Sad uh, songs say so much. Paulie, this day in sports history. Oh, I've got a few. Hold, please. It's uh, New York Yankees signed Babe Ruth in 1930 to a two-year deal for 160,000 total. And Joe Frazier in 1971 retained his heavyweight championship by defeating Muhammad Ali in a 15-round decision. It was Ali's first loss in 32 fights. And this is an old school one. We were on the air back then. Todd Bertuzzi of the Canucks hit Steve mm. Moore the avalanche mm. from behind. Bertuzzi uh, had broken that concussion for Moore. Yeah. Suspended for the remainder of the regular season. The playoffs and his eligibility would be reassessed. It was a big deal at the time. Yeah, I think they were looking at criminal charges with him. Uh, by the way, uh, there's a report. Kyler Murray wants a new deal done by the draft. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers... Contract changes anything for anybody. Lamar Jackson. I want that one. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm waiting for Kyler Murray to say, can I have a contract like uh, Aaron Rodgers? Oh, can I get that one? <laughs> That's the one that I want. Final results of the poll question, Seaton. Well, Dan, we had two going. We had uh, 73% <laughs> of our audience knew Aaron Rodgers was going back to the Packers. But then one we haven't touched since the uh, beginning of the second hour, chest hair, believe it or not, 56% of the audience, not hot. Wow. Not hot. I'd like to know who voted on that. Like, you know, a guy, he's probably never voted on a poll question. He's voting on that. Well, there are a lot of chest hairists who were like, whoa, 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 hold on. You can't just lump us all together. Okay, some of us have great chest hair. Some of us don't. You can't just say chest hair, blanket uh, statement. Todd, what did you learn today? Compared to his huge head and torso, Russ Tucker admits he has freakishly small arms and hands. Uh, Seton, what did you learn? Nick Wright, hardcore fisherman. Uh, Marvin. We're going to Josh Jamel's wedding. Yes, we are. Paulie? It's Chesterians. Chesterians. What we learned brought to you by M Drive Start. Jumpstart your morning. Convenient protein powder for driven guys. Gives you energy, nutrition, keeping up with your day. Find it. MDriveDan.com. Don't let age beat you. Get M Drive. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, the all around support. A lot of fun today. Dirk Nowitzki joins us on the program tomorrow. Hope you'll join us as well. One more item. We close out the show. M Drive. How does he do it? How does he do it? Have all that energy. Fritzy wonders every single day. How does he do it? You are just a stud. Thank I can't you. keep up. Thank you, Todd. M Drive Start, my daily dose of protein, nutrition, helps me stay on top of my game. I got to keep ahead of the Danettes. Pesky bunch. Packed with seven clinically tested ingredients, six premium proteins. 
It boosts energy, strength, reduces stress, so you keep up with your busy day no matter what your age is. Find it, mdrivedan.com. Get it delivered right to your door. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose. Time to focus on your health so you can keep up with your busy days ahead. And I like it as a new New Year's resolution in March. Try M-Drive Start, energy, strength, drive you need to get more done every single day. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. mdrivedan.com and tell them we sent you.